What's up, guys? Welcome back to Sitting Courtside, episode 10. It's your boy, Jerry D. It's Dante. We're back here for another great jam-packed episode. I think the last time we were here, we didn't really have that much going on, more just speculation. But then, literally after we got done recording, Damian Lillard ended up a buck. Maybe like 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes after we finished recording, I get a text from you saying, look what we just missed out on. Just Of course. Of course. The skin of our teeth, bro. Like, it, that's literally the definition. It, right? It's funny because we did a, we obviously talked about, uh, you know, some of the, you know, what was going on with the whole Damien Lord situation, Miami Heat, all that stuff. You did a game where it was like, um, uh, which one of these is going to happen first? And you asked me, who's going to get traded first, Damien Lord or Harden? And I said, like, pull, put a, bull, a gun to my head. I'm going to say Damien Lord. Well, 10 minutes later, it happened. I had to cut it out. I couldn't even put it up in uh, in the TikTok <laughs> that we were going to post because it's it was irrelevant at that point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, I mean, if you want to just, we want to jump right into it. Like, yeah. Let's just talk about it. Yeah, not for real. But, but like, before I actually let you just take the floor here, I just got a couple quotes from sure. Dame I want to read out to you, you know, just some things that he said during media day and stuff like that. So he feels like him and Giannis and pick and roll situations are unguardable. He said, I definitely thought about it. And I just don't know how you handle that. Also, to play alongside the best player in the league, it's going to be fun. Like, Listen, Damian Lillard is on the, the best team he's ever been on in his career. Uh, to say it was a shock that he got sent to Milwaukee, I think is an understatement. Obviously, everyone was harping on he's going to Miami no matter what happens. Like, he's going to end up in Miami. Pat Riley's going to make this move. He's going to make it work, whatever. In Portland, they they decided to go the route that they felt like it was best for them, and that's sending Dame off to Milwaukee, getting the return that they did. And obviously, it was a three-team trade as well, so there were a lot of moving pieces there. Um, yeah, I mean, the idea of Damian Lillard and Giannis is, is terrifying. How you know, people are, have been dubbing them as the best duo in the NBA and stuff, even though they haven't even stepped on the court together yet, which, right. you know, for, for good reason. Obviously, you have... Two guys that I would average 30, 32 points a game last year, something crazy like that. Giannis is arguably the best player, the most dominant player in the NBA. But I look at those two guys as two individually great players that, you, as a duo, who knows? Like, obviously, on paper, that is one of the best teams in the NBA. There's no arguing that whatsoever. But it's kind of like a wait and see to see how those two games actually mesh. Um you know, the Bucks offense, I, I was um, watching uh, ESPN the other day or yesterday, and they were talking about how they had the 14th, 15th best offense, like kind of middle of the pack last season, but their defense was you know, top five. Now it's kind of going to look like you, know, you obviously bring in a player like Lillard, who is one of the best three-point shooters in NBA history, not, not even like in the game today. You add someone like that to that team. Obviously, with all these other pieces, you lost guys like Drew Holiday. You lost like your bench pieces like Grace Now and whatever. The offense is going to see a big boost, or at least that's what you would expect. The defense, on the other hand, you know, that's going to be the part that takes a hit. And that's where I'm most curious to see how that's going to play out. And Lillard also, there was a quote along the way saying, like, you know, he is a serviceable defender and he's not a guy that you want to discount and you just want to be like oh yeah. he's just gonna be standing there it's four on five on defense and, and i do agree to it to a point but them trading away drew holiday that's 
that hurts the defense. It really does. And, you know, obviously you replace, you bring in a Damian Lillard, the offense is going to see a big boost. And you're right, that pick and roll offense could be unstoppable. We, it's a wait and see thing again. But I'm very interested to see how this gels together because they have a lot of guys on that team that you can't score the ball. And just to see how they're all going to mesh, I'm very, very interested to see how it works. I mean, this is a win now move for the Bucks. obviously like they weren't already in win now mode but this is a hey we've been hearing Giannis talk about how he might be leaving if we're not winning games and all this and that and they're like hey wow. we're gonna bring you Damian Lillard and we'll see how that works out now so it's it's a crazy move it's it's definitely a move that sends shockwaves to the NBA but again we, we have to wait and see how it all plays out yeah you know honestly like I think it's like it's laughable to me sometimes not to like take a shot at you or anybody else that feels this way. But whenever we're talking about wait, waiting to see how things kind of pan out, it's a little hysterical only because it's like two Hall of Fame caliber players, right, mm-hmm. that, that are about to play with one another. And for years, even bef- more, more so before Giannis got Drew Holiday, I was thinking that a scoring like point guard or a two guard would be the perfect complement for Giannis to do the Kumos game and mm-hmm. even the Bucks organization as a whole. Even they've said in the past, even both of them have said in the past how they wanted to play with each other and all that. Exactly. So, that, so it's kind of been the, in the shadows. Yeah. Like, it's, it's definitely something I think is going to work from day one. In terms of people dubbing it the best duo in the NBA today, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not really ready to say that yet until I see you know, 10, 15 games down the road. Mm-hmm. What are you guys going to look like? How's the offense going to look? And I think the, the part that everybody's kind of glossing over as well is that Adrian Griffin is a first-year head coach. He's yeah. a former NBA yeah. player. He's yeah. been a long-tenured assistant. I get that. But it's different to be the head coach of egos. And that's something that I have to see him contain in some ways. Like Giannis basically handpicked Adrian Griffin. That's why Nick Nurse wasn't brought to Milwaukee. Instead, he ended up going to Philly. Giannis wanted him. So there has to be some type of demeanor from the coaching standpoint where he could rein in Giannis's personality already, or at least there's a, a mutual respect between the two. Now, you bring in a guy who's potentially unhappy for the last two, three months of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody who knew, who knew that, damn, my team's probably not going to be in the postseason. And then he was asked to sit out of the postseason by his team in order for them to get a better draft. Sat out the last, like, 10 games or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And the report said that they described it as a calf injury. So, obviously, I know Dame wants to play if able. Hell, he played in the Olympics a couple years back with a torn pec. I know the man wants to play basketball, and he wasn't given that opportunity on his way out the door in Portland. So it's it's definitely like a situation of can Adrian Griffin really handle all these personalities? Is he going to be, I guess, seasoned enough to the point where his league experience, both coaching and playing, is going to come in handy to handle these two guys? Now, when it comes down to the defensive loss from Drew Holiday, oh, yeah, that's huge. I think Drew Holiday should have been, even over your boy Marcus Smart, should have been the DPOY. I think there's a couple seasons. He's one of those guys that you'll look back at his career and be like, wow, that guy probably should have won that award at least once. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. just like how LeBron should have won a DPOY at one point, Drew Holiday yeah. could probably have like two. Yes, I, I think a lot, of, a lot of times in my head when I'm thinking about the best defenders in the league, especially on a perimeter, it's probably going to be Drew Holiday. Since he's been in the league, since he's been drafted, he's been in that conversation. I agree 100%. That's a bigger loss than what people might think. You know, obviously, you, you lose your defensive identity. You have 
Giannis won the defensive player of the year a few years ago. Brooke Lopez was a finalist last year. It's not that they lost like that's a why, one key defender. But that's why I'm not really that nervous about it though. Sure. Right, exactly. I, I think Dame is still like an average to above average defender enough to where I can funnel whoever I'm guarding on the perimeter into Brooke or Giannis, who are both erasers in the paint. So I'm not like super pressed about like, you know, I guess taking that step back. Yeah, they'll go from top five to maybe like top ten or top fifteen. Maybe they'll swap. There'll be a top five offense with a top 15 defense. And that's fine. At the end of the day, like KD loves to reiterate, putting the ball in the hole, offense wins championships, right? Yeah, point, points. It's all about the points. Yeah, and I, I agree. Losing Drew Holiday is is a loss for sure, but they didn't lose their entire defensive identity. I think I'm yeah. with you with the whole swap thing. With Damian Lillard being added to the mix, they are – almost for sure going to be a top five offense in the NBA next year. You have two guys, I'll give you 30 a night, Chris Middleton, you know, which there are some question marks around him with his surgery this off season. He was limited in training camp. They're going to see how, you know, how he gets brought back into the fold, how healthy he really is. But when healthy, he's a guy that can give you 20, 25 a night. Speaking from experience, when the playoffs come around, <laughs> at least against the Celtics, he turns into a top five caliber player. And that's just, that's just being very honest and very true about it. Um, and again, Brooke Lopez, defensive player of the year candidate, but also one of the best shooting big men that we've seen in years, which is like incredible to say, considering he wasn't like that for most of his career. I think, I think it's also critical to, to mention, I think Chris Middleton might benefit the most from adding Damian Lillard. Yeah. A guy that did, obviously you already touched on, had to deal with injuries a lot of last year, clearly wasn't healthy come postseason time. I think not having to go out there and be the bona fide number two rather than I can just kind of, I'm the guy that they probably won't worry about guarding. I'm the guy that will get the team's second or third best defender when I'm on the floor with Damian Lillard and Giannis. Like, Dude, Chris Middleton's the third option is scary. Chris exactly. Your third exactly. Like, I, I, really, I really feel like the Bucks are easily a top three to four team in the NBA right now. Like, yeah, and and just kind of going back off the whole hating and seeing thing, like I agree with you. I think it's like I am one of those guys again. Like you have all this hype and stuff. We want to see how they are on the floor. I do believe it's going to work out. I, I believe it's they're hands down going to be one of the best teams in the NBA, possibly the best team in the Eastern Conference. I mean, on paper, they are going to be virtually unstoppable. It's right. just you know all the other factors that go into it. The new head coach. Uh, the injuries with Chris Middleton, how is he going to be, you know, brought into, you know, when the season starts, how is kind of, is he going to jump right back in hundred percent? How is that going to work out? And also filling out their bench. Obviously they lost some depth who are going to be the guys to step up, who is going to you know, step into those roles, be the role players off the bench. It's, will it work? Most likely, but it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out the first few games of the season. Yeah. Before we move on to our topic that I'm sure you're excited about, our, our last little, the last little nugget I just want to point out, when the, the merge of super teams happens, I think it's important to remember they're, they're not going to go 10-0 and in their first 10 games or 15-0. and I believe, like, through the big three, the Heatles with Wade, Bron, and Bosh, when they all got they started together, off, they're like 9-8. and eight. Yeah, yeah, it was a slow start. It takes a while to build that and, chemistry. And obviously, they ended up going to the NBA Finals, but some projects that do happen to pan out, like KD to the Warriors, obviously, or even when KD, Harden, and Kyrie all got together in Brooklyn, they have a damn near flawless record when the three of them play games together. So it'll be interesting to see, like, how each one sacrifices what part of their game in some senses, like Giannis and Dame, obviously. But 
I think both guys are going to be fine. But they're both the hungry too. That's the other thing. They're both hungry. They both want to win a championship, especially Lillard. Uh, yep. They're going to be extra motivated this season for sure. And a team that they're going to have to get through with all their motivation is your Boston Celtics, baby. So, you know, I, like, honestly, I don't even really want to run through all this, this trade information, but because I just want to hear you talk, to be honest. But obviously, you guys gave up Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams to the Portland Trailblazers, who was holding on to Drew Holiday for a little bit. And Drew Holiday's a Celtic, man. Just give me your first reaction. Like, authentic, what's going through? I've seen all your IG story. See you in the finals. Like, you know, that kind of is like, okay, so you guys are better than the Bucks. Like, just, just talk to me. Talk to me, man. I want to hear this. I'm excited. Drew Holiday is a guy that you want on your team if you're trying to win a championship. That trade that the Celtics made, given, you know, they traded two first-round picks. Malcolm Brogdon just won sixth man of the year. One of the best shooters statistically in the NBA last year from three. Robert Williams, who is a key part of the Celtics defense, went healthy, and that's the key word, when. I love Robert Williams. He was incredible during their finals run. He was one of the best players on the team during the finals. And that obviously there were some, you know, Tatum had his moments. There were some guys that were underperforming, whatever. But Robert Williams was a key part of, you know, the, you know, the run that they had, that finals run. But this is a championship type of trade that you make. This is a win now trade. The Milwaukee Bucks, they got Damian Lillard. That was the guy that they wanted. They upgraded for sure. But I think the last team that they wanted Drew Holiday to go to was the Boston Celtics. Absolutely. Like they, you had to give up a big piece for, for Drew Holiday, and you, you have to do that. If you make a trade like that, you have to give up big pieces. It's just you don't you want to make sure that that piece doesn't go to one of your rivals, a team that, you're tra- that you are in an arms race with to make it to the NBA Finals. I Again, Malcolm Brogdon was a difference maker. Robert Williams was great when he was healthy. Robert Williams is a guy that was, again, you can't, you couldn't count on him because he was, it was hard for him to stay on the court. There's only one year that he's been in the league where he's played over 60 games. He only played 35 games last year. He's a difference maker when he plays, but you can't count on him. Drew Holiday is an iron man. Drew Holiday is a guy that has been very well respected since he's been in the league. And like you mentioned earlier, words out of your mouth could have been a guy to win one or two defensive player of the year awards. Now they lost Marcus Smart earlier in the offseason, right? And everyone's concern was how are you going to replace that defense? That's an upgrade. The that is an upgrade. Goal. Jerry, my man, it is without a doubt an upgrade. Marcus Smart is a phenomenal defender, obviously won defensive player of the year two years ago. But Drew Holiday is the real deal when it comes to defense. One of the best, if not the best, perimeter defender in the league, at least for a guard. And he's a better playmaker. Better playmaker. He averaged almost eight assists a game last year. And uh, offensively, offensively, there is no doubt he is an upgrade. On defense, listen, I, I'm big on Celtics Twitter here, and there's a lot of green teamers out there. Yeah. there say, he doesn't replace Marcus. He's, you're just saying this because we've got Drew Holiday. Brother, I've been saying this about Drew Holiday for years. I have been a massive fan of Drew Holiday since I can remember. He is a guy that, again, if you want to win a championship, you make that move. They had to give up a lot, but guess what? They gained a lot in return. They brought in a veteran, a guy that can lead that defense, and a guy that, you know, obviously, Jason and Jalen still need to be the vocal leaders of that team, the leader. 
but they just got someone that could also step in and be a leader for that team. A guy with championship pedigree who just won a championship two years ago and not for nothing. I talked about Damian Lillard and Giannis being hungry. You want to talk about a guy that's hungry and has a chip on his shoulder a day or two before he got traded. He said he wanted to retire as a member of the Milwaukee Bucks <laughs> and they traded him and guess where he ended up against Milwaukee's rival, the Boston Celtics. If you don't think Drew Holiday is going to be fucking out for blood this year, he's got the dates against the Milwaukee Bucks circled over and over again, over and over again on his calendar. That guy is as motivated as ever. And, you know, there were all talks about him talking about retiring and stuff like that. He is in a great situation right now. I don't think all those storylines, those narratives of him retiring, I think we can put to the side. He is in a... <laughs> Yeah. And I, 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 that's me. That's me being optimistic. But I also think like, it's true. Like he's his championship window just opened up a few more years, but him being with these younger guys and stuff in this core, I'm very excited. I, I, dude, I'm just saying he's 33 years old. I'm not saying he's got a big lifeline left, but I can imagine him playing out this year. There were, as soon as he got traded, there were reports that, you know, the Celtics and Drew are going to be open to contract extensions making him a Celtic for years to come. I'm not saying he's going to sign a five-year deal or anything like that, but I can see his window you know, when a championship is just opened up a little bit more now. And I do believe that he is going to be a difference maker for this team. Uh, that starting five, the top six, that goes head to head. That's neck and neck with Milwaukee. And I think those two teams are, as of right now, not talking about the Denver Nuggets, obviously the reigning defending champs, but the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics those are arguably the two best teams in the NBA right now on paper. I'm very excited to see what how, how that unfolds as the year goes on. And I'm going to say the same thing I said about Milwaukee. I got to wait and see. How is it going to gel? Obviously, there's a whole lot of new players. Chris Stapps is there now. There's a lot of different things going on in Boston right now. But if it works out, man, that is a scary fucking team, bro. Hey, man. Hey. I, I wanted to give you the floor just to see, like, what exactly was going to come out your mouth? And I, I, it was exactly what I anticipated. Yeah. It, it was just you being out for blood. You basically claiming that, without saying it, you did say that, oh, we're going to beat these Milwaukee Bucks. Because you said that Drew Holiday's championship window opened up by a few more years. And that, I guess that's more predominantly because of the younger talent out of Tatum and Brown, maybe. Perhaps in Giannis being, you know, I guess on the wrong side of 20, if that's a thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and now that, that's, that's interesting. I think... Like I said, you know, as you were talking, it's definitely an upgrade at the point guard position. With all due respect to Marcus Smart, great player. Love his game. Love, love, the, love the hustle. Love, love him. But First NBA jersey I ever bought, Marcus Smart. Now, that's a fun fact for today. <laughs> yes, it but is. it's definitely, uh, definitely an upgrade at the position, man. Just really from – I really want to see what Missoula would do with the offense. And plus, having another, another uh, gritty guard on the coaching staff and Sam Cassell just makes me even more excited about the pairing with having Holiday because last year he was with James Harden uh, and years past. I know he's been on multiple different rosters with Doc, like in L.A. with the Clippers at one point as well. So Was he in Portland or he was considered – or he was – I think – I don't know if he spent any time with Chauncey. I don't know if he actually was. Yeah, maybe. But maybe the big ones are definitely the Clippers with superstar personalities, Kawhi, PG, yeah. Chris Paul, Blake, those guys, James Harden and Embiid. Now you get Tatum, Brown, Holiday, Chris Stapps, like, I'm I'm excited for Holiday in in, in this opportunity. I, I think the championship window is about the same. Both teams are are neck and neck in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna put a gun to my head and tell me to pick one team. 
I'm still going to tell you the Milwaukee Bucks just because I think Giannis is a better player than anybody else that will be on the floor. But, hey, it's it's a dogfight out east. I definitely um, think it can go either way. It should be a seven-game series, and, hell, even Vegas thinks so because both teams have plus 380 odds to win the NBA Finals. So. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. And also to note, you know, you, you brought up Joe Missoula. This is the first year with his own coaching staff. Last year when he stepped in, he had Ime Odoka's assistant coaches. Now he brought in his own guys. Now he, he's constructed the team. Well, he hasn't constructed the team, but this is his first year, like the team that he, uh, you know, going into the season, he knows what he has to deal with. And obviously defense is going to be the main point for the Celtics. That's their identity. It has to be. But now that you have four guys in the starting lineup that are, you know, 20 point per game scores, three of them being guys that can put up 23, 24 a game. And not to mention Derek White, who made an all defensive team last year. So you have Derek White and Drew Holiday, who made all defensive teams last year, Jalen, Jason, who are respectful defenders in their own right. Um, I think more Jason than Jalen. And then Chris Stapps, who's great around the rim. And then you still have Al Horford. I know he's old, old Al Horford, but let me Indeed. tell you, he's, dude, when in the playoffs, when the playoffs come around, he steps up and he's one of their best players. And he's going to be a guy that you still count on to to have to take the the defensive role of Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo. People were upset when Robert Williams got traded. They're like, who who's going to be the one to guard all those guys? He, he never was the guy to guard Giannis or Embiid. That, that was never the case when he was in Boston. Al Horford has always been the guy that steps up and went, you know, took those defensive matchups. So we still have key pieces from the last few years. And the bench is a big question mark. They got to fill that out. There's going to be some other moves that will be made. They signed uh, Wenyan Gabriel. They still have Sam Hosier. They have uh, Jordan Walsh. They drafted this last year. They have guys they have to work with. Payne Pritchard, that too. Um, But they're loaded. They're top heavy, but they're loaded and they're they're equipped to make a championship run. So it'll be yeah. it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the Eastern Conference plays out this year. Just taking a peek at the roster too, like O'Shea Brissett's another good name that you guys yeah, have on here. They signed. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like Lamar Stevens, good, good live body, and you got what you need. With Delano Benton is another good piece too in Portland that just never really panned out over there, but a good six seven guard slash forward. Kind of yep. play either position, be show some versatility there. So I do like what Boston's doing. Again, I think it's definitely going to be who's going to rip whose head off on playoff time. And hell, I know all four games against Milwaukee will definitely be circled. So I guess let's just ask the general question. Like, just like who's the best team in the East? Like, I'm pretty sure we both know our answers, but give like your final yeah. beer, your final I, I'm, and i'm saying this i'm detaching myself as a celtics fan right here but i i i'm going with the celtics it's so close jerry it's like a 50.1 percent versus a 49.9 percent type of thing i just think the celtics top six trumps the milwaukee bucks top six top players um and i think just the celtics I think they're going to put it together I, i'm very confident in the team that they have i think that they are full of just like the Bucks, full of hungry players. They, you know, got a taste of the finals two years ago. We're down 3-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals last year and battled all the way back just to get blown out in Game 7. I think there's a lot of motivation, a lot of chips on their shoulders there. And I'm I, I'm going with the Celtics. But, it, again, it's an arms race. It's, it's so, so, so close. It could yeah, come man. down to a last shot in Game 7. That's how close it is. 
Well, you know, if it is that last shot in Game 7 scenario, give me the clutchest play on the floor <laughs> and Damian Lillard. But, yeah, obviously. I, I hear you. I'm, I'm going with the Bucks here, man. Like, you know, we couldn't agree more on how tight the situation will be. I just think from a standpoint of who has the better players, like, yeah, it's definitely tight. But I think just because Giannis holds that mantle of, like, hey, Jokic is great, but I'm still the best player in the world. Like, yeah, there's definitely that same role. Damian Lillard, obviously, is right up there with the Steph Currys of the world or, or Kyrie Irvings of the world in terms of greatest point guard in the league today. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that hunger for wanting a championship is gonna is gonna show. I don't think we're gonna see Dame average like thirty two again this season. No, Kenny, I, I agree. Sure. But like you, you put two thirty point scores together in Giannis and Dame, and I think Dame is just gonna show like, yo, I am this great of a playmaker. I am this great of a teammate. I've been doing it by myself for years. You'll no disrespect to CJ McCollum or you'll Mark- see other parts of his game that you haven't seen really over the last few years. Exactly, and that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Like, Every time stars transition to another team, there's always something that they display that you just didn't know they were capable of. KD gets to, to Golden State and is like, wow, I didn't know he was that great of a playmaker. He was doing <laughs> the same thing in OKC, yeah. but now it's just a little more like if you, you feel it because it's a yeah. championship team and they're favorite. They're the favorites to do so and all this other stuff. So with what's going on over there in Milwaukee and the fact that they actually got to keep all their main pieces, obviously you give up Drew, but you got to keep Brooke and Chris. That so is ridiculous. That's a, that's a win for them. That, absolutely. A lot of that, people say that the Bucks even fleeced, even fleeced the Blazers, considering how much they gave up and how much people thought that they would want in return for Lillard. And we'll get know, into we'll get into what they ended up with in total. But I think they didn't it was have more to give so. up as much as you would have thought. I guess it was it was more so because Portland still had a plan. Which, but we've been talking about Bucks and Celtics the whole time. We got our picks. Let's talk about the third team who yeah. did happen to move on from the best player that was moved all offseason in Damian Lillard. I'll read off this pretty impressive trading all in my opinion, but mm-hmm. they turned Dame into DeAndre Ayton, Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, Tumani Kamara, three first-round picks and two pick swaps. Like, I would say that's a pretty solid haul, but give me your spiel real quick. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you, you trade a 33-year-old point guard, Damian Lillard, you bring in youth. Obviously, DeAndre in former first overall pick. 25. 25 years old. Um, you know, and he, obviously, he hasn't hit his prime yet. He hasn't hit his peak. He's a guy that could flourish in Portland. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, he has obviously not going to be, you have, you know, the Shade and Sharps, the Scoots, um, um, the Anthony uh, Simons. You have all these other young players as well. I think DeAndre Ayton just slides right in. He's going to fit right in to that youth movement there. Robert Williams, he also still young. I think twenty six years old. Twenty six years. Hey, you got the ages pulled up for me. This is perfect. He's going to be huge. Oh, you know, oh, never mind. You just know this. Guess the NBA player by their age. That'll be the next <laughs> game that we do. Um, but Robert Williams, obviously, I talked about him being a huge defensive, you know, presence for the Boston Celtics. He's going to be the same for Portland if he's on the floor. He's healthy. He's a difference maker. It'll be interesting to see how they kind of roll with him. If he's going to be the starting power forward coming off the bench, it'll be interesting to see how they play out there. Malcolm Brogdon, that's another guy that you could see whether they flip him or not. Obviously, rating sixth man of the year, he does still have some value obviously um but there are some reports that you know they want to keep him around you need a veteran on that team you have all these young guys you need you do need some veteranship there 
I could see Malcolm Brogdon staying with that team, maybe up until the trade deadline. And then a contender jumps in and wants a trade for him. You can get another one or two first round picks for him then. If you want to, you know, continue to load up on those draft picks, I think that's very possible. Or you can hold on to him. He has a pretty like team friendly deal. You know, I think he makes $20 million a year for being a six man. And, you know, for what he can bring to a team, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, it'll be up to them to see if they want to hold on to him or not. I'll be honest with you, I don't know anything about the next guy, uh, Tumani Kamara. Was he on the, he was on Milwaukee, obviously, or was he on Phoenix? I think that, I think he was on Phoenix. I think he's okay. like a, a recent draftee. Okay. So, all right. So, another young guy, another young guy that you can work with, kind of throw in there. And then the three first round picks and the two swaps. Listen, I, maybe for Damian Lillard, you think maybe they could have gotten a few more picks for him, right? But what I like about what they did here is that they got Milwaukee's later picks. They got the 2028, 20, 2030 picks. At that point, Lillard, this is five, five, seven years down the line. Lillard isn't, why not even be around anymore at that point? He's going to be 38, 40 years old. Probably not, might not even be in the league. And Giannis, again, well, we'll see. Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> he might not be in Milwaukee. He might not be in Milwaukee. That's fair. That's fair. So maybe I should have put it that way. Giannis, you know, even with the addition of Damian Lillard, question marks around it. And then seven years from now, five, seven years from now, how is his body going to hold up? How is he going to transition to what the NBA is going to look like in five to seven years? Who knows? That's a big question mark. Those picks could end up being, you know, worth nothing, but I think you're better off going after those later picks when it's more likely that that team isn't going to be as strong as they are right now. Uh, right. And then the, the pick swaps, I mean, uh, the Portland Trailblazers aren't going to be a great team anyway, so maybe that's something that might not be worth it, but you never know. Um, overall, I mean, I think, I think the Blazers did well for themselves, you know, all considering with what was being talked about this offseason. Give me a great. Give me like, give me, give you a grade. I'm going to give you like a B plus. I think a solid B plus because I do think you traded one of the best point guards in the NBA and what you got in return was, you know, a young center, a young power forward, a six man of the year. It might not be that star return that you could have gotten, or maybe like you would have thought you would have gotten in return for Damian Lillard. But I like what they're doing. I like their young roster. I'm not saying that they're going to be good this year but i like the direction they're going i like the picks that they got out of it and again they can turn brogdon into more picks if they want to and that could lead into you know stash more picks along the way i yeah. think they did well for themselves as far as the direction they want to go down with the youth movement could it have been better maybe but at the same time it's like you know you were hearing what the miami heat were offering tyler hero a few bench guys and not as many picks. So I think this was probably the best trade they could have gotten, the best package, everything all together they could have gotten for Lillard. Yeah, I mean, because apparently with every other team that they possibly talked to about moving Lillard, it was like every other team was complaining more so about this guy wants to farm. So mm -hmm. they got three teams involved. They did what they had to do. And like, you know, obviously Yusuf Nurkic, Ended up in Phoenix, which is huge yes. for them. Uh, uh, I mean, um, um, Grayson Allen too. Going also, to yep. the other guy from Milwaukee that went there. Um, can't think of his name. Let me look it up. But I'm drawing blanks. But okay. yeah, it's it's definitely the good haul that they got in return. I think I gave it around like a B to C plus. Though I mean, sure, it just it just sticks in my head that a guy like Rudy Gobert went for like five first rounders. A guy like Donovan Mitchell went for four first rounders. Right. 
and that that's yeah that's kind of like why i mean by that like they could have i feel like gotten a little bit more for how valuable and how you know the the level that lillard's at but at the same yeah. time like again there was all these things going around where the nba had to send out a memo to these teams saying like he will play for you if you trade for him a lot yeah. of teams were yeah. scared. a lot of teams were scared a player i was thinking of was uh nazir little okay um, yeah was was a, another yeah. young guy that could uh find his way into the rotation it's a solid it's a definitely a solid return out to me for the most part, I think the most interesting piece is definitely Aiton, who was clearly <laughs> unhappy in Phoenix. I saw that he like unfollowed D Book and Yeah, uh, I also Clayton. saw that. Yeah, like it's kind of like, all right, new fresh start for a former number one draft pick, like you stated before, drafted ahead of guys like Luca and Trey Young. Yeah, like your careers don't stack up like like how he he thinks his probably should. So you get into a young situation where I think he's automatically the best player on the team since he has the most Valued NBA experience, double, double guy. guy. He can give you 20 and 10. So you come in with Anthony Simons, obviously Scoop, Shade and Sharp. Like, it's a nice young mix. And I think they actually might be pretty fun to watch. It's like They're one really of those fun. fast teams that you just want to see, like, oh, oh, the Blazers are playing? Oh, cool. Like, let's cut I this. I was going to say, I got league pass this year. So that's definitely going to be one of my uh, my late night West Coast teams I'll watch yeah. before I go to bed each night. For sure. Before. That's that's I think that's the like most entertaining like part of it, just having having Aiton in a room with Chauncey Billups, who's obviously a stylish yep. player and solid head coach. I just don't think he's had the best roster to kind of prove that. Now Chauncey Billups gets a fresh restart with without a superstar player. So let's kind of see how this thing stirs up. But on the GM side, Joe Cronin side, I, I am a little disappointed to read reports like, you know, Dame actually wanted to come back. But he basically said, no, like, you're yeah, getting out of here. Too, too late type of thing. I do kind of appreciate it, though, because I personally didn't want to see Dane play another season in Portland. But if he wanted that opportunity to go back, like, that, that's your that's the franchise's best player. But Yeah, that hell. was kind of upsetting to see that a reunion yeah. was definitely possible. Well, I shouldn't say reunion, but you know what I mean. Like, uh, yeah. Him, him being both back, him wanting to come back and everything. Yeah. He did say in his letter, too, that, you know, one day he wishes to put on that Blazers jersey again yeah. and all that yeah. stuff, which, you know, that would be a, a nice little homecoming. But at the end of the day, I think Lillard is in the best place he can be right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. It's winning a championship. So I'm sure he's bittersweet, but he's better off at this moment. So Absolutely. The last question before we move on from this into something else that's kind of depressing. <laughs> Just in general, like, how do you feel this Portland team would do? Like, do you think they could be a playing team? Do you, do you see them sneaking into the playoffs? Like, how do you feel about their, their stat? Well, the funny thing, the NBA is an any given night type of sport. You can go out and you can beat any team on any given night. They're, they'd be a fun team to watch. They're very inexperienced. They're very young. Um, but, hey, so were the Thunder last year. And they made the play-in, you know what I mean? I don't envision the Blazers being a play-in team. I don't envision them being anything higher than a uh, 12 seed in the Western Conference. I see them being sort of towards the bottom. But, again, you never know. Injuries happen across the league. Uh, one team can slip up. One team can fall off the map, and another team's got to replace them. It could be the Trailblazers. Um, and they do have DeAndre Ayton. You know, he's been in the league for a few years at this point. He's got the most experience. Malcolm Brogdon, another vet. You know they can make it work, so I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no higher than a 12 seed, but it's the NBA, so you never know. Yeah, I think I'm kind of inclined to agree with you, but just thinking about it in my head, even like we mentioned DeAndre in most of this segment, but 
having Robert Williams as well, I think those are two yeah. of the last, like, what, three to four years in the final starting caliber centers that played pretty massive roles for their respective teams. Right. I mean, so like, we, we can look at, like, the um, – because I'm looking at the rankings right now. They got the Spurs. Th- so the last three teams last year in the bottom were the Spurs, the Rockets, and the Trailblazers. And then above them were the Jazz, the Mavericks, Pelicans, Thunder, Timberwolves, Lakers. So those are the playing uh, – the rest of the uh, – not didn't make the plan, and then the play-in teams right there. Uh, on paper, I don't think. I mean, the Jazz maybe uh, they only finished a few games behind them, but like realistically, I don't think they're better than any of those other teams that I mentioned. You know, I mean, I think you sh- you probably are right. I think I just have optimism more so, and like, sure, mm-hmm. we don't know what Scoot looks like, but I do know <laughs> that he's gonna be a star right out the gate. And I do know that Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp are going to be really freaking good. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's – I see, like, most improved player for, like, one of those two guys. I'm putting a lot of stock into the backcourt. Like, sure. You can – hey, you can say that for even a DeAndre Ayton, even. Yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. Again, it's like a young team, but they could put it together. Again, the Thunder – I think the Thunder kind of kind of told the story last year that these young teams can still – even though you don't have much experience and you're, you don't have the highest of expectations, you can still make a run because in the NBA, any team can make a run. So no, I'm, I'm with you. They're going to be a fun team to follow. They are. I'm going to just put them, I'm going to put them right there, like 10 to 11. I think possible with the young talent and if everything flourishes the right way. And this is, this has to be Chauncey Billups' best coaching job. Just like how Mark Dagenhall did with the Thunder last year. I need to see pretty much the same type of scheme. Like, no Damian Lillard, you have a fresh slate to do whatever the hell it is you want with these young players and kind of kind of mold them into what you want to see for your system. Establish the big shot build-up system and let's see it, baby. So. A lot of these players are going to be able to spread their wings and fly this year. You're then going to be able to spread their cheeks and fly, baby. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> but uh, moving on, just obviously Dame ends up a buck like we've been talking about this whole episode. Drew ends up a, in Boston. Aiton in, in Portland, all these moving pieces, but Miami gets nothing. So oh, just nothing. like I don't even know. Like, hey, we saw it. Jimmy Butler turned emo because yeah. <laughs> he's he so upset he turned emo. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all three of those guys were guys that were on the Heat's radar this entire summer. Obviously, Lillard being number one once Drew got traded, they were you know said to be in the mix to get him, and even DeAndre Ayton was a guy that they could have potentially if there was a three-team trade involved he you know could have been moved whatever maybe he ended up there but it's weird you know it's weird but I think the Miami Heat I mean yeah you can't discount them no matter what obviously they love guys I I definitely definitely wouldn't do that but I I just want to add like I mean to cut you off but I just no 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 I just need to ask like would you dub them the biggest losers of the offseason like, um, it's a legit question. No, I mean, it is a legit question. And I think that they're a team that had high expectations to bring in someone to make them a lot better than what they already were. And they failed to do that. Maybe that's because of the media, you know, hyping them up as being like, oh, they're the ones that are going to get Damian Lillard. They're going to get this and that, whatever. But yeah, I mean, it is. If I'm a Heat fan, I'm disappointed for sure. I mean, you're running it back with most of the roster they had last year that did make the finals, so it's not like you're in a bad position. But you just watched two two teams, two of your rivals, two teams that you just beat in the playoffs last year get a a, a lot better. 
and that leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Um, and you know, I'm again, I'm not gonna like rule them out or anything. I still think that they're going to be a team that you're not going to want to face in the playoffs, but it, it's just a known fact that they lost depth. They lost some of their key players from last year, their final runs and, you know, guys aren't getting any younger. So it's going to be a little bit more difficult for them this year. I, I would, I don't know if they're the most disappointing team, but it definitely was a disappointing off season for them. Yeah. That's more so what I'm asking. Like definitely, I'm definitely not going to call them a disappointing team. I mean, you still have your no, team, but exactly. I'm definitely I'm definitely concerned with, like you mentioned before, it cut you off the first time, just losing out on Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. Like, Gabe Vincent's in L.A., and then Max Struess went to our rival in the East as well, in Cleveland. So, yeah. That could be a smooth, dark horse that could elevate passing guys, depending on what type of step they take. Sure. But focusing, focusing on Miami strictly, like, you're hoping a guy like Nikola Jovic, you know, ends up being, like, what he was. Like, he played some good FIBA basketball this past summer. So, like, I'm excited to see what he comes comes to be. And then you bring in Jaime Jaquez, who's highly touted rookie that's supposed to be pretty damn good himself, could play some three, four, and five maybe. Fed so. into the heat culture. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, and obviously, Caleb Martin still competing at the level that he was at in the playoffs, if not taking another step. So, yeah. you're just counting on a lot of these role players to fill in the shoes exactly. and stepping up, which is not, I'm scared not, of. The best, not the best – place you want to be in it could happen a thousand percent but it's not a guarantee and plus being picked up you know to the point where yo you guys are gonna land a top 75 player of all time yeah. seven time all-star one of the greatest shooters all this and all that you don't get him then the consolation prize ends up being drew holiday all of a sudden who you also you fail to get you don't even get him and like you mentioned he ends up on another Eastern Conference rival that you beat along the way to get to the NBA Finals. I just don't see a world where I could see the the heat. Jimmy Butler's confident. He said he's going to beat the Bucks. He's going to beat everybody. I understand. He says it. the I same thing every year. He every says the same season. fucking thing every year, though. I, hey, but guess you know. what? This past year, he got pretty damn close. He did. He lived up to what he said he was going to do. He beat the Bucks. He beat the Celtics. I, I'd rather my I'd rather my player say that they're going to make the finals and win. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to come up short. Absolutely. Here. So I no I I do I do like the confidence. Um, it's just hard yeah, to see. It's hard, and like you said, you said on previous podcast episodes, like them beating the Bucks in the first round was it a fluke? Giannis wasn't healthy. Chris Milton wasn't healthy. You know what I mean? So it's like their finals run was kind of based off of. You know, not I don't want to say luck, but you know, injuries helped help pave the way to them making it as far as they did. That's a you know? that's a big piece for a lot of teams. Like you know, you think about the Warriors championship runs, how Michael Conley like breaks his face in one of those playoff series. Yeah. James Harden and and Chris Paul get hurt, or Chris Paul, Paul hamstring. Like yeah. it's injuries are a part of the game, obviously, and we both know that. But the Heat definitely peaked at the right time, where they were the healthiest team all the way through, I guess, up until Jimmy hurt his ankle. But sure. they played the Knicks, and then they had to deal with the Celtics eventually. So I don't know. It's just it's going to be interesting to see how the Heat look, and also if Pat Riley makes any game changing trades mid season. Is there some stock that he could pull up that where he can manage to grab like some disgruntled star right. somewhere out in the league where somebody's unhappy? And if not, you have to stick with you know Tyler Hero's obviously back. He didn't get traded. The uh, Tyler Hero, you know, who knows what his morale is like, too. You know what I mean? His name has been in trade rumors all summer, and now he's back in there. And there was a – I don't know if it was a tweet, an Instagram post. He was like, 
talking about being a trade where we just need like until next off season or something like that. So it's yeah. like, you know, it, it, it's a tough situation to be in. As a Celtics yeah. fan, I'm not, I'm not counting out the heat just because we've played them three of the last four Eastern conference finals or whatever the fuck it was. And obviously we came up short to them. So it's kind I can't really say anything bad about them, but I am with you they are weaker than they were last year. It'll buff. I'd I'd be upset if I was a Heat fan right yeah. now. I really would be. I'd be. A little I, I just don't know. I don't know how to like keep them in a higher light of like competing for a title this year. I I just yeah. find it hard. Like they're yeah. In my mind, they could still be the third or fourth best possible team. But I guess I'm. I gotta ask. Like, what's gonna in my head? Like, are they better than Philadelphia? Or are they better than Cleveland? Can they beat the Knicks again? Like, there's certain pieces that. Like, you know, a lot of things just happen to go right, right? There's a lot of different moments. So the Heat got a lot of bounces this past year. Who's to say they get those same type of roles? Not saying they're not good and they're not capable, but there's no way. I can't see them. If they have to play either Milwaukee or Boston before they even get to the ECF. Yeah. If, if they got to the second round. And you said, like, they could be the third best team in the Eastern Conference, and you're right, but the gap between two and three this year is so much bigger than it's ever been. Like, it really is. So... Yeah, and you, you, they don't even have to worry about Boston and Milwaukee first. I got to worry about those teams you mentioned, the Clevelands, Philadelphia, New York. Like, those are tough teams, too, still. So, it's yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough road for the Heat. It's going to be it's going to be a tough season for them. So, like, out of respect for Jimmy Butler, I think we both want to want to say there's still a threat, and I will. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. But as long as Jimmy Butler's there and he has the confidence that he has – they're always going to be in the in conversation, but it definitely got a little harder for them this season. Absolutely. You know, just one little tidbit in here before we move on to our game section. James Harden news came out a little bit here, right? He's finally reported a training camp, but the goal is, according to Woj, is still to make the Sixers as uncomfortable as possible. I don't really want to talk too much about that. I just want to ask real quick that where do you think his best landing spot could be at? Obviously, he's been linked to the Clippers. You know. <laughs> Oh my god, China, um, dude, I'm, I, I just, uh, I don't. Me how? I'm, I'm sick. I'm, I'm sick of James Harden, dude. I really am. You know, you can. He's, he's his way out of a few franchises throughout his career. The, the Rockets, the Nets, and we've talked about who is at fault. Who is at fault for all these situations? You know, is it 100 percent him? I can't say that, but like, man. These are grown ass adults we're talking about. He's talking like doing all, dude, you're making 35, 40 million dollars a year. And you're talking about wanting to make it uncomfortable. You're going to show up and like not play your hardest and like make them want to trade you. Like, bro, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like just go out. No, like it's, it's ridiculous. You know, it, it really is. It's like, bro, I, I wish I could sit here and tell you a team that I think you could go to. And we talked about this before. I can't, like, I don't, I can't give you a team that I think would actually want him. There's reports, Stephen A. Smith said it. I don't know how factor. I'm not, you know, Stephen A. Smith says one thing. Who knows if it's true or whatever. He was like, he, the Rockets were willing to offer him a max deal. And he was like, I'm going to go after a scoring title. And Emei Odoka was like, yeah, we're not giving you that offer. Like, he, I'm not, I don't know if that's true or not. But, dude, he's just, he's a baby. He's a, he's a selfish. Uh, he, he averaged 11 assists a game last year. I get that. But like, he's a selfish player when it comes to like, like playing for himself and egos and all that stuff. And I just, dude, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care anymore, dude. Like I really don't. I don't think there's a team. I, all right. I'll give you a team. How, let's go to Orlando. How about Orlando? <laughs> trades? 
Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, and a pick, and they get him or something like that. I'll let him go to Orlando, have a few, have his you know shine there in the in this Miami. No state tax or anything like that, dude. I I, I just I, I I just don't care to be honest. Whether or not Murray is a liar, I don't care who's at fault here, bro. I'm just sick of it. I I really am just sick of hearing about it. So that's my that's my sense. Tell me where you think he can. Be. Because I, I, it's, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Go ahead. Of course, yours. Man, that, that salute, man. That, that was amazing. I, I think we need more raw, authentic Dante more often. Like, hey, he just told James Harden to shut the fuck up. Like, this, this, this is amazing. I, I, I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, I, if I'm like in his shoes and I'm like, it, it comes down to a whole like, um, I get you're it. you're a professional. You're, I got you. I don't have to justify. I don't have to justify. You don't. You, you don't. know. What I mean. You know. I 100 percent understand where you're coming from. This has been an annoying debacle to deal with ever since the start of the summer, right? And ever since he mm-hmm. said what he said, like I get it. He he jumped off shit before Brooklyn actually got bad. I give him kudos for that because sure. something was clearly wrong. Like I, I understand every like where you're coming from. I understand James Harden's situation. I actually agree with you to some point. I just want to see him play basketball. I'm not going to exile him to China so or nothing like that. He's a great player. He's like, a, he's, a, he's a player. The last three seasons, the last three seasons, I believe he averaged 20 and 10, led the league in assists last year. Like you mentioned, like he's a Hall of Famer. He's top 75 player of all time. Definitely is. These situations, though, are very displeasing, and it does make you hard to say, I want to see James Harden play basketball somewhere. But I'm also going to have to agree with Stephen A. or piggyback off of something else Stephen A. said. I did hear him say in that segment as well on first take that he mentioned Miami could actually use him. Because, I mean, hey, they missed out on Dame. They missed out on Drew. James Harden is a pretty damn good player. He's definitely not going to have any of that shit fly with Pat Riley. So I'm not even saying Pat Riley would necessarily trade for him because that's definitely not the – that's not heat culture, right? That's That's what I'm going to say. He's not a heat culture guy. I think he fits into that. See, I think, I think, wise, he does. A scoring playmaker, that's awesome. But he need one hell of an attitude adjustment for that's Pat Riley saying. to even be like. If Pat Riley, Pat Riley trades for James Harden, he is sitting his ass down, and he is telling him how it is. And like Pat Riley is, if you want to listen to someone, Pat Riley is the guy to fucking listen to because he's he knows how to win. He's constructed yeah. all these championship teams. But I, I just don't know if James. I don't know, dude. James Harden. I don't think has the attitude. Think about this, this real quick, man. Okay, I'm thinking. All right. LeBron James comes to Miami, and LeBron's pretty much trying to run shit in Cleveland in the first stint. He leaves. He comes to Miami. He thought he could push Eric Spolster around and get him fired. He went to Pat Riley for that. That didn't fly. And that's LeBron James in his prime. That's that's arguably the greatest player that we've ever seen lacing. Hey, that you're you're yep. Uh, I'm, picking up, you're, I'm, picking, I'm picking up what you're putting down right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying it's possible. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. But if there's anybody that might be able to discipline any disgruntled star, I'm gonna give it to the grindfather. I'm gonna give it to Pat Riley. Like hell. I, All right. Yeah, I'm I get not, where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from, and I'm like disagreeing with that sentiment where it's like if there's someone that can do it, it's Pat Riley. I just don't think. No, I just I just think it's gonna happen either. I'm like if if Miami's really that desperate to try to make themselves into a championship team, like they already kind of are, but I guess bringing another piece that's gonna push them over the hump, I would entertain the idea. 
But, Listen, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If any team gets James Harden, they're going to get him at a fucking discount. That's for sure. I mean, the Miami oh, yeah. might be able to trade fucking Kyle Lowry in a second-round pick for James Harden at this point. To be you know, I, I kind of want – because Daryl Morey is holding everybody by the balls. Like, no, we know what we have. Like, you're going to give us the farm. But you're not getting the farm. Not for that attitude. and not Like, everything you said was spot on. I just like to, you know, play this this what if type of bullshit really just to fuck with you yeah, and everybody it else. Fun. It could be fun playing the what if game. <laughs> could be great, man. But you know what? Speaking of games, how about we dive in? Let's just dive, let's dive straight into, in. Let's dive into some games. Let's oh. let's, let's get them. You're, you're a little on edge. You just need to calm down. So a little, Yeah, I just need to calm down. Who, how many games do you have? Two. I have, yeah, I have two today. I have two. Okay, I have three. So I'll, I'll start off. Let's this is it. unfortunate because we, before the podcast started, you we were talking this a little bit. I have a game for you that you <laughs> that you throw at me, but I'm going to put you through the burner this time. All right, I'm going to put you through the ringer. All right. Jerry, where did these NBA players go to college? All right, <laughs> I got NBA players for you. None of them are. Listen, some of them like some of them are bigger names. But some of them, you know, you got to dig deep for these ones, all right? A little bit more than I have to, okay? Let's you're, do it. You're, you're a little better at, the, at this than I am. So I'm going to test your knowledge, okay? Hey, I, I'm not that great at tests, but I don't mind. I don't test the limits. Let's go. All right, let's do it. First player, where did Jared Allen go to college? Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Where did Jared? Oh, Jared Allen went to Texas, baby. Correct. Jared Allen did go to Texas. Okay. Next player I have for you, Otto Porter Jr. Georgetown. Oh, couldn't even let me finish. Yeah. <laughs> third overall pick. All right. Next player I have for you, DeMontis Sabonis. Gonzaga. Wow. Oh, shit. Okay. I got to <laughs> – maybe I made this a little easier than I thought. Hey, hey, hey. Okay. hey. Well, that makes me a little – this next one was like – when I was like, okay, like he'll probably get this one over all of them. But now I, I'm very confident you are. Victor Oladipo. Oh, yeah, definitely Indiana. Let's go. Son of a bitch. Oh, you're steamrolling through these, man. All right, I got – next time I do this, I'm going to fucking give you like 15th men on the bench or something like that. That would be terrible. That will be hard. <laughs> okay, I got one more for you. Lori Markkinen. Arizona. Five for five, baby. Are you kidding me? Hey, fucking ran it here. <laughs> oh, got the dance going on and everything. Come on, yeah, man. Hey, man, I, I, I used to watch a whole bunch of college ball, man. I just, I love, hey, man, that shit's there great. Go. There you go, killed it. You know killed what? Let, we're not gonna go back to back here with with that that type of game. We're gonna go with something else I had painted out for you. Okay. So it's kind of similar to one of the games I think I played maybe a couple episodes ago. But it's pretty much points by the decade. But we're going to do the finals edition this time. Who had the most points by the decade, the deck finals. Okay. So, again, I'm going to omit the, seven, the 50s through the 70s because those aren't names that are, you, you probably are going to know. So we're going to start with the 80s. 80s through the 2020s. Talk to me. Who got it for the 80s? So who scored the most points in the in oh. the? Yeah, so who scored the most points in the NBA Finals in the 1980s? Throughout the – okay, okay. Yep, throughout the 80s. Yep, exactly. Okay, let me think. Teams that went to the Finals a lot – I mean, the 80s was run by the Celtics and the and the Lakers, so I feel like it's got to be one of those those teams. Um, I'm trying to think of other teams that could have made it to the Finals a lot. Sixers – no, I don't think the Sixers. Um, the Bulls didn't really start doing anything until 
uh, late 80s, early 90s, the Pistons. But I don't think they had anyone that really would have um, been a leader. Um, all right, I'm going to rule. All right, I'm going to I'm going to find the Celtics and the Lakers here. I'm going to take out guys like Magic. You're getting hot. Yeah, I'm going to take out guys like Magic. I mean, not the Celtics. It's either going to be Larry, Larry Bird is really going to be the only guy that I'd take there. But then you got the Lakers. You could, I mean, you can make a fair argument. You got Kareem, obviously, but you know, he got Kareem. You also have James Worthy, who who probably put some numbers. Um, I am, ugh, how many? Larry Bird had three, but how many times did he go to the finals? That's what I'm stuck on. I know Magic has five. All in the 80s. All in the 80s, yeah. So I think with that being said, I think I got to go Kareem. There you go, baby. Starting yeah, off hot. Okay, I, I had to just like, uh, I had to eliminate. Yeah. Eliminate. So I had to talk myself through it. All right, so I think the 90s is pretty easy. You. Yeah, Michael Jordan. Yep, yep. Yeah. Now let's get a little more interesting here with the 2000s. Who had the most okay. points in the finals in that day? So, all right, so this is more I can – kind of map out like who won what championship. So the Lakers obviously had the three Pete. Shaq and Kobe were both dominant as ever. They made it a fourth time when they lost to the Pistons. The Spurs made it a few times, but I don't think no one on there. The Celtics only made it to the finals like twice towards the end of the decade. The Lakers, I mean, it's got to be a Laker. Um, Shaq made it with the Heat, but he wasn't Laker Shaq. So, I mean, I think, let me think I. Let me just think about this. I, I maybe I'm easy of an answer, because like I'm leaning towards a player right now, but like I need I just cover every corner here. I don't want to cut corners. Um, because Shaq made it f- five times, four with the Lakers, one with the Heat. But again, with the Heat, he wasn't like he was good, but he wasn't Lakers Shaq. Kobe, I mean, he was putting up monster numbers as well in the NBA Finals, and then he made it there again twice. Three times, actually. It's got to be Kobe. Damn. No? No, man. It's Shaq. Is it Shaq? Is Shaq it had, was averaging 29-plus in those first three finals runs where they went home. They was putting up crazy numbers, too, though. But Shaq was always leading the team in scoring pretty much every final. He run. was the finals MVP. I, would, I, would, I was just thinking because Kobe went to the finals and – Oh no! I mean, I guess 2010. I guess that doesn't it, it doesn't count. Won twice more though. Damn. I mean, damn. It, it's real tight. I didn't. I don't have numbers pulled up. In I front bet of it's me. close. I, I bet it is close. Fuck! Wow. I I I get the edge because I figured he was there. I mean, they both won five times. I guess, but I, I thought Kobe would have had it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. I mean, that's that's one. Bl- I think you get the 2010s right as well. It's it's got to be LeBron. Yeah, he made it every he made it every single year, basically. Eight, eight, eight years, eight, 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 eight years. I mean, how, if he's not number one, then that's just uh, I don't. I, I I'm I'm not even a close second to be completely honest with you. All right, yeah, I mean that's definitely pretty easy. But here's the most interesting one to me: 2020s, the 2020s. So I mean, all right, let's think. Um, the Heat made it to the finals um, twice. The Celtics made it one. It's definitely not the Celtics. Um, Lakers made it once. I mean, the thing is, is like a different batch of teams. So like, it's not like a, a LeBron where he's made it every single year. You know what I mean? Like the Lakers made it in 2020, Lakers heat. Then it was Bucks, Suns, 
Warrior Celtics and then Nuggets Heat. So I mean like the the Heat are the only team that made it multiple times, but Jimmy Butler was banged up this last finals. He went crazy. He had a really good run in the bubble. LeBron had a really good run in the bubble. Um, Giannis, I mean, Giannis had the 50-pointer. In the finals, Jokic was a menace this last year. Um, damn, this is kind of just like... Because I'm, I'm thinking LeBron. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm thinking either LeBron, Jimmy Butler, Giannis, or Jokic. Those are really my big four right now. Because I'm not... Out- Don't overthink this, please. Like, yeah. I think... It's like... Like, in, in the, yeah. to quote the great SpongeBob, it's first grade math. You know, like, it, or okay. Patrick, rather. I think that's Patrick. All right, so I'm going to stick with my four guys. I'm going to take LeBron out. Giannis, I mean, I think I'm going to, uh, I think just because he's been there more, I think it's Dummy Butler. I'm glad you trusted your gut. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. If, you know, he's been two finals. Like, if he had five that's points the first time, be 500 the next. So, right. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't want to I, – I wasn't trying to overthink it. But, again, like that – the last four years, we've seen a good bunch of different teams go. So, it's – Yeah. You've seen a lot of uh, different faces in the NBA. But, all right, I, hey, I only got the 2000s wrong, and that yeah. was – I mean, like, you know, that, that was probably the toughest one just because of Kobe and Shaq. Like, yeah, I'm sure true. those two are, like, probably, like – there was, like, a solid little margin, but it's well, not bad. Yeah. All right. All right, I'll take it. Okay, so these last two games I have for you, these are more like uh, opinionated games. These aren't anything you have to dig deep. I'm not going to have you look back in the history books here. Go deep in, deep in the back of your, your brain, okay? Cool. I'm cool. going to have you rank these four players from best to worst, okay? All right. Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Steph Curry, Luka, Luka Doncic. Oh, why are we doing this? There have been all these lists coming out now of the best players in the NBA to upcoming season, and these four have uh, overwhelmingly been in a lot of people's top five. So, damn. Uh, rank them. Rank best to worst or worst to best, however order you want to do it. Damn. I'll go from best. To, I'll go from get best to worst. Going from okay. best to worst, I'm going to say Giannis. I know I know, probably a little unpopular, but, again, you know I love a two-way player. Yep. He's that most dominant in the game. I'm going to give it to Giannis. Easy number two is Nikola Jokic, out of respect for what we just witnessed in this past NBA Finals, even though he hasn't picked up a basketball all summer. Uh, <laughs> As he said, did you see the video of him walking in the media day? It looked like he was so disappointed. Like, you know, he act like he just, he, I have to clock into my nine to five <laughs> and sit in a cubicle for the rest of the day. Like, like damn. Dude's making $50 million, bro. It's, I love it. It's so funny. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. His personality is different for a star, but I love it. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Damn, see, this is where I think it gets kind of interesting here. Steph is like a mega star at this point, right? In some senses, you can even still call him a, the face of the league in some senses. I think building a culture in Golden State that he's been a part of, the guy knows how to win. Hell, he has just as many championships as LeBron James, the best player ever. So, Luca, on the other hand, as as good as he is, he's a he's a scary motherfucker. That guy, six eight, apparently according to Bleacher Report, and I don't even want to talk about that dog shit list, but he's a hybrid of of Magic and Kobe. I don't want to talk about that shit. It just it's just really bad. But hey, numbers wise, sure, posted thirty five points a game. Eight to ten assists a game with eight to ten rebounds. Like, damn! I like. I just went on like a paper bag. Like every Bears fan in Chicago right now. Oh man! Oh, poor Bears fans. 
they can't avoid they can't avoid being taken out of them even on an NBA podcast. That's because we do everything, baby. Sitting courtside, right? And Boom! Come on. But uh, this is tough. I, I think I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to Steph, man. Okay. I think just out of respect for what I know, he's still able to do, and he's the only reason why we look at Golden State and say those boys can end up in the NBA Finals just because they have that light skinned brother. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna give it to Steph, man. Shout out to Luca, okay. man. You're still the young buck, but I need to see you get to the Western Conference Finals or to I'm gonna say the NBA Finals. You've been there already. Get to the NBA Finals, then you could be better than Steph in my mind because he's six eight. But I just yeah. can't put him there yet. All right, so you're gonna go Giannis, Jokic, Steph, Luca. Yep. 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 All right, there you go. I don't think there's really many wrong answers there. You're if by that you only you only have pieces. Yep. Bias fan bases. That's all you upset them. I know I pissed the Nuggets fan base. So Giannis is better. Yeah, I, I'm glad. Like I don't give a fuck about them. Like y'all just came out the woods here. Tough, tough for Nuggets fans. Tough. Look. <laughs> all right, all right, Jerry. What do you got for me? What's your last game? Hey, you already know how I already got for you, man. I had to set you up, but you know you played a college game with me and you gave me three role players off the top of your head, and I thought it was fantastic because we're gonna play. Where do they go to college? <laughs> oh, man. You got the perfect voice for hosting a game show. Yeah, man. I should have been on Wheel of Fortune if this clutch point stuff doesn't work out. Hey, Regis, Regis is uh, this is last year. So looking for a replacement, I'd, I'd uh, submit an application. The Wheel of Fortune. Like, <laughs> man, like. And Vanna White. Yeah, I'm down. All right. All right. So, All right. For this got... batch of where did he go to college? <laughs> First up, I got John Collins. Okay. I feel like I, I'm i trying to – I'm in the jersey. I think I can color scheme. Okay. Like, uh, like black um, black and like gold or something like that. Maybe. That's exactly right. Is I, that I just need the name. Yeah, and now i got to think of the school. All right, Vanderbilt. Definitely didn't go to Vanderbilt. I would know that. What other schools are black and gold? Um, what is – no. What you, no, what's your toss? I don't know if Wichita State's black and gold, actually. Hey, um, are they black? Oh, okay. But I don't think it's Wichita State. I don't think it's a state school. Um, I should know this. Um, He's getting warmer, guys. Yeah. Cool. No, I actually feel like I'm going to get this. Did he go to uh, Wake Forest? <laughs> yes, sir. No. Let's there you go. go. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I like – that's one of those I feel like I've – like I've seen or just seen online or like read on somewhere like a million times. So it was, it was somewhere in there. I had to, I had to just dig for it. Hey, that is six straight colleges guessed correctly by us combined. That is, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know if we'll get to seven, but we'll see. Hey, well, the next guy is Austin Reeves. So, hey, man, you're hot right now. Just remember, you're hot. You're like you're like Jr. Smikeyweave. You just. You keep on – each shot you take, you just get warm. Yeah, but I feel like right now I'm going to hold on to the ball when the buzzer goes out in the final. I mean, I sent you You're, you're going to be like, Dante, how did you not know? Full of Brown. Okay, I know it's not a big school. It's not a big basketball school. And not a big – all right, yeah, not a not a big big sports school. But they not did a, they did have – say this guy's name because you might figure it out, but they do uh -huh. have a top three or top five draft pick recently that went to that school that averaged a double-double over there. And the he, NBA? Yeah, that went to the same college as Austin Reeves. And he's really freaking relevant in today's basketball. He slept on, but he's super relevant. I don't think yeah, that, that that's not helping me. 
I'm trying to think. Like, I don't really like know much about him before his NBA days. To be completely honest with you, I just know it's not a big basketball school, like we said, um, but it's a big sports school. So I'm assuming they're they're decent at college football. Pretty much. Um, yep. All right. So if it's not a school, I feel like if you don't go to a big school, it's got to be like a like a state school, maybe like a tech or something. I'm gonna tell you right now, you're cold. All right. I'm cold. It's You're not cold. a state school. It's not a state. It is not a tech school. I can give you the usual, the football comp or the football player that went to his school, if you would like. If Yeah, sure. I'll take like a half point if you okay. give this to me and I get it. Okay, well, let's see. Who's the more notable name between the two? Well, this guy still plays today, so we'll use him. But C.D. Lamb went there. C.D. Lamb. Yeah, I don't think that's going <laughs> to... Yeah, I don't think that's going to help me. Man. I don't I, – yeah, this is a tough one. I think we're going to end the streak at six. <laughs> All right, so it's not a state school. So it's not like a blank state? No? Hmm. All right, I'll throw I'll throw something, something at the wall and hope it sticks. I'll go with – well, like a Wyoming. I, it's not a weird school. <laughs> I, like, I'm thinking like small town, weird school. I don't even think they're good at football. No. Colorado? No, 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 no. Look, it's now. All right, how about this? How about this hint? You're not going to get a point here, but I just okay. want you to. I just want to hear you say it, though. But okay, you know, Caleb Williams now attends USC. Where did he go before? I I, I don't know that. I don't even know that one. Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> that one, bro. I thought I was helping. <laughs> no. No, uh, I'll tell you where it should be next year. That's the New England Patriots, but that's another conversation. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, dude. I have to tap out on this one. It is Oklahoma. He went to Oklahoma. Yes. Really? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't have even imagined that. Crazy. Yeah, I, I know. Automatically, people probably assume it's some school out in the boonies. That's why you. Said that's why you like, <laughs> that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ah, yeah, that's a tough one. All right, that's fine. Last one I have for you here is Naz Reed. Reed. Oh, man. Um, really went random when you asked me to give you three players. Yeah, you definitely did, but, like, I, I thought he was going to give me more simple names, but <laughs> okay. I can work with that, yeah. I... Nazir Reed. Um, I feel like he went to a decent decent school because he was, like, he was a frick. He was a top, like... Was he a lottery pick? I feel like maybe he was a lottery pick. Um, I can see him. I, um, I could have seen him going to like maybe like a Michigan or Michigan State, maybe like a UCLA, maybe um, Arizona. Uh, damn. Um, I don't think he did. Maybe. Hmm. This is another one of those throw something at the wall and see if <laughs> I gave you some rough names, bro. I, I set myself up for fear. Hey, I'm, you got one. I'm happy for you. <laughs> that's true. I did get one. I dug deep for it, but I did get one. I, I'm just going to go with I'm gonna go with Michigan State. Uh, No, but I can give you the football half a point here. OK, for, for your football, for your football guess here. Let's doesn't always help, but sometimes it does. this one, this one definitely should. But I go a little older of a player so you don't get it right away. Let's say Odell Beckham Jr. went there. Oh, LSU. There you go, baby. You got your point five. I can picture that. Yeah, I can definitely <laughs> picture him in an LSU jersey, too. Yeah. Hey, man. Louisiana you, State. Yeah. You went one for three.
but hey, one point five out of three. All right. Oh, my, my bad. Yeah, wait. Come on now, give me that half. One point five. One point five out of I'll three. Take, I'll take fifty percent. I'll take a fifty percent. Okay. All right, I got one last one for you, Jerry. Right, this is another rank of game. So, okay. but this is going to be a little different. So, I gave you modern players, best players in the league. I'm going to give you five of the best small forwards in NBA history, and I want you to rank them from best to worst. I already know who you're going to put at number one, but well, I'll, give <laughs> I'll give you all five, and then I'll let you. And then I'll let. You. So, we have LeBron James, Larry Bird, Scottie Pippen. Oh, Julius yep. Irving and Kevin Durant. Curse you. Obviously, <laughs> I mean, I ba- you basically have to rank four of them. Basically, cool. have to rank four of them. It is still tough, though. And, you know, all four four different types of players, like legendary. I think all all of them are top seventy five. So, five of the best players to ever play the game. Damn. Obviously, you know LeBron's the automatic one here. Of course. I think I'm definitely going to ruffle some feathers here, but I got to go Larry Bird at two. Okay. Yep. I mean, the, the dude's stats speak for itself. He stuffed the stat sheet. So, I mean. Yes, he did. And he was talking shit to everybody, man. There's just something about the shooting, ring freak that I just shooting with his Shooting with his left hand, too. Yeah, I'm, sa- I'm saving my right hand for the the fuck out of here. Hey, with all due respect, as a black man, I cannot let that white dude talk to me. <laughs> Without me taking out his legs and be like, he's better than me, but I showed him. Like, whoa, whoa. But I love it, though. I love it. Larry, Larry got some different type of swag to him, yo. Oh, real. That's funny. Oh, oh man. man. All right. So you got LeBron, Larry. Now you got Scotty, Julius, and KD. I think, I think I'm going to get the out to KD at three. Okay. Yep. There's something to be said about potentially being the best scorer ever at seven foot whatever. And being you able, don't to, to, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have, brother. I'm on your side there. Yeah, I think I think four and five interesting. Like Scotty, I don't think Scotty gets his due diligence just because you know he played with Mike, especially in the prime years of his career. But he almost got a team to the NBA Finals when Mike sat out, like which which is huge in '94. But they actually came back, and then being a crucial a crucial point like at Blazers or the tri- the Jail Blazers squad in the early <laughs> 2000s that gave uh, the Lakers problems. Like, I really do love Scotty, but man, I got to put you at the five spot. Dr. J Dr. is at four, and I'm going to put Scotty at five, man. I love Scotty, though. Definitely one of my favorite players ever. For the record, he can guard any of these guys. But Dr. J at four, man, that guy's an all-world talent. Had he not played most of his career in the ABA, I think that would have easily been one of the best players in NBA. He would have been recognized more as one of the best players in NBA history. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So we got LeBron, Larry, KD, Dr. J, Scotty Pippen. Yeah, it's it's tough. And I know people are going to give me shit for picking Larry over KD. But, hey, man, I got stuff to stat sheet. I love me some Larry Legend, bro. The tape is awesome. Y'all go check it out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, that's all I have for you, Jerry. And I think that's all you got for me. So... Yeah. That's that's the end of episode ten. Do we want to close out with anything? Do we have any any lasting uh any lasting uh words we have to say here? Uh, yeah, like I know I said this is sitting field side earlier, and I meant that. And I just want to give a big big shout out of support to New York football fan base because I mean both the uh, Giants and the Jets are kind of sinking, but the Jets have some life. But the Giants committed one hundred and sixty million dollars. To Daniel Jones and the nickname that I'm seeing across social media that I love. I even heard Shannon Sharp say it on TV. 
Danny Dimes isn't Danny Dimes. He is Danny Crimes. Bitch, because he stole the money. He stole money from that. Is it, it's is it expensive? Is it stealing or are the Giants just stupid enough to give it to him? You know what I mean? I think it's, it's definitely definitely a combo of both. You a know? combo. Definitely yeah. a combo. Hey, that's what happens when you we reward a player for one uh for one good year or a deep in the NFL. Oh, I don't even say if it was like a great year. So he threw fourteen touchdowns last year. That's not like whoa, yeah. he, he threw forty yeah, and you won nine games. You didn't win like twelve plus. You won nine. Yeah, it's tough. New York fans are in shambles right now when it comes to football. I like the Jets have something. They have something. Zach Wilson didn't look bad. You know, they have Aaron. They have Aaron Rodgers saying he might have an Achilles injury next week. So you know, he, <laughs> he's giving them. He's giving them optimism. He's giving. But yeah. Tough, tough time for them. Hey, I, I'm not. I can't say anything. I'm a Patriots fan. And we have one of the. We have one of the best backup quarterbacks as our starter, and we also just lost uh, Christian Gonzalez for the rest of the year. You got JC Jackson back. Great, and we let him walk for a reason. We let him walk for a reason too. And we'll Matthew Judon potentially out for the year too. So that defense, which was the best part of our team, our only, uh, our only uh, shining light, a glimmer of hope. Just took a, two huge hits. On the bright so, side, it makes parlays a lot easier when bending against the. That fuck right, you're <laughs> fucking right, Jerry. That's that's you can't argue with you on that one. And with that being said, thank you guys for tuning in to episode ten of Sitting Courtside. Make sure to listen. Yeah, to if you are if you are listening to this on audio services, make sure to follow us, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, watch the full clip on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, check us out on Apple Music, Spotify. Follow us, give us a rating. It really helps out a lot. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, sitting courtside. We have a few different ads, but look us up. We're there. Follow us on our personals as always. And, uh, you know, I closed out last week saying, hey, maybe next week we'll, we'll see where Damian Lillard gets traded. <laughs> and, and that happened. Hey, maybe next week James Harden will be, uh, maybe he'll be in Miami. Let's, let's not get away. He will be on a plane to Shanghai. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. All right. And, until next week. Until next week, we'll see you guys. Peace out.